Be kind. Rewind. This is Dope Nostalgia. This is episode 115 of Dope Nostalgia Podcast, and I am your host, Naomi Carmack. This is going to be a very cool episode as we're welcoming Brad Fischetti from the American band LFO Light Funky Ones. And you probably know their biggest hit, obviously. New Kids on the Block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. You guys know that one. I know you know Summer Girls. Anyway, he's joined me today to talk some really beautiful memories and some fun times and what's been going on with him um, in the last few years. So he'll be on the show very shortly. Uh, let me give you a little bit of background, if you didn't know, about LFO. Wikipedia moment. What a great intro, hey? Brings back some memories. Now, usually during this segment, I just read stuff out of the Wikipedia. So I'm just going to read a tiny bit from Wikipedia, and then I'm going to read you the official LFO bio on their webpage. So, Light Funky Ones, LFO, were an American pop and hip-hop band consisting of vocalist Devin Lima, Brad Fischetti, and Rich Cronin. Before Lima joined the group in 1999, the third member was Brian Gillis, known as Briz, who was with the group from its start in 1995. The group disbanded after Cronin passed away in 2010, but briefly reunited with Vichetti and Lima as a duo in 2017, before Lima passed away a year later. Their single Summer Girls reached number three on the Billboard charts, and the band has sold over four million records worldwide. I'm going to go over now to the LFO official bio at their website, lfo.me. This is written by Brad. The short bio looks like this. LFO is Brad Fischetti, the disappeared Devin Lima, and the late great Rich Cronin. We burst onto the scene in 1999 with the smash hit Summer Girls from our debut self-titled album. We followed Summer Girls with another top 10 hit in Girl on TV. In 2001, we released our second album, Life is Good, which spawned the top 10 hit every other time. We decided to go on hiatus in 2002, and in 2005, Rich was diagnosed with leukemia. In 2009, we regrouped for a reunion tour. It was short, but perhaps the closest we have ever been as a group. We realized the deep love and respect we had for each other, and our bond was fortified. In 2010, we lost Rich to his earthly battle with cancer, but our brother won eternal life in heaven. In the summer of 2017, Devin and Brad reunited for the Rich in Love tour. The tour was a great success, and the second and third legs were being planned. Two months after the tour, Devin was diagnosed with adrenal cancer, and one year later, Devin disappeared. I'm not sure the words exist to describe how it feels to type these realities. If the words do exist, they won't fit on this particular page. Words I can share are these. I will continue to keep Rich and Devin's legacy alive and introduce a new generation to the LFO sound. Much love and many blessings, Brad beautiful words about his bandmates and we're excited to have him here today please welcome to the show brad fischetti you've got uh, some renos going on yeah yeah working on uh, adding a little space 
Um, we got our sixth child on the way, so we need a little, little bit more space. Congratulations. Thank you. So I understand to start things off um, on Instagram, I saw that you have an announcement there with O-Town coming up in about a week and a half, right? Yeah, we're heading out to, uh, or going back to Cali, I should say, with O-Town um, in the LA area, um, Agora Hills and Montclair. Mm-hmm. In, February, in a couple of weeks, uh, next weekend, actually, um, or weekend after next. And um, I haven't been to California in, I mean, I haven't been there in many years, probably 15 years. But as far as like doing anything related to LFO, it's been 20 years. You know? Wow. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine. We used to be, you know, we used to be in that area all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, it's uh, I haven't f- had to fly that far in a long time. You know, uh, although I wasn't, I was in Tucson a few few months ago. But uh, California is a whole different beast from uh, from the climate to the terrain to the traffic to everything else. So, um, but I'm looking forward to getting to getting back out there and getting a chance to see some of the, uh, the fans on the on the West Coast. Oh, that's gonna be great. Yeah, I've uh, I kind of imagine what the traffic is like there, but uh, but are you based out of Boston now? No, I'm in Florida. You're in Florida, nice. At least the weather's yeah. wonderful, hey. <laughs> this is this is a great time of year for Florida. I was reflecting on it today. It's it's cooler, which I like. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's it's in the 50s or 60s during the day, and gets down in the 50s or 40s at night. Not enough for too long, but. Mm-hmm. I just like that little break from the from the heat, you know. Oh, for sure. And the, originally, you're from the same area. You are from Boston, correct? Originally. Well, yeah. Rich, Rich, and Devin were from Boston. Where I grew up from? in New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey. I was born in New York. Grew up in New Jersey. Oh, wonderful! What uh, city? It's called Mawa. It's a little town up in northern Jersey. How much of an impact did the new kids have on you guys at that time? For sure, um, you know the 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 initial iteration of LFO it had a huge impact. You know, the two guys besides me were from Boston, and um, and new kids were they were just like uh, really special in that area, and they influenced a lot of different artists, and it made a lot of kids say, "Wow, I can actually make it in the music business," and and so. I think for the early years it was uh, it was a big it was a big deal. Today I'm still actually I'm still inspired by just how hard they work and um, how how much love they show for their fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think they do a really brilliant job of keeping their fans connected, and I'm really excited to see them out there. I would say in some ways they're bigger today than they were in 1984. You know they're. They've been, they're still playing in stadiums and they're still selling out shows and and um, mm. I just think it's awesome. Have you had the opportunity to do any shows yet since uh, COVID? Is this just yeah. getting back out there now? Yeah, we've been this this past summer. Um, we we had a, a good number of shows. I've been playing shows with the Pop Two Thousand Tour, which is um, O Town, Ryan Cabrera. Um, sometimes Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray and um, one of the guys from NSYNC, either Lance or Chris. And so um, 
you know, I, I've been going out there and, and doing an LFO set with, with the old town guys backing me up and, and just getting a chance to tell people about Rich and Devin and how special they were. And, and, you know, everything I do related to LFO is simply to, to honor Rich, honor Devin, nurture the LFO legacy. And so the fans have been really supportive. You know, I'll be honest, I was a little reluctant when the opportunities first came before me, but, um, but, you know, you think back and when you when you love something, you don't want to see it end. And, you know, I know Rich and Devin loved LFO. They know they loved me. And so, um, you know, I try to examine what's what are my intentions, you know, and really my intentions are to to continue the legacy and to remind people of how amazing those guys were. And so the fans have just been so supportive of, of those efforts. It's been a, one of the most humbling experiences um, I can ever imagine. It's really emotional. Um, like it's like every night reliving it, and um, and I hate it. I mean, I, I absolutely, I never had the desire to stand there alone. And thankfully, I'm not alone. The old town guys were with me, and and they knew Rich really well, and they they respected Devin, and so they kind of feel what I feel. But you know, those days, I mean, every single day, it takes my breath away in some capacity. You know, um, and I just. I just hate the fact that they're gone. It's a real blessing that the three of you had this incredible moment in time together to make such great music and have an impact on your fans. So what do you think those fans can do to honor the legacy of Rich and Devin in the most positive way? You know, just continue listening to their music, maybe introduce the music to their kids or their nieces and nephews or friends, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when, uh, when, when our shows hit the town, you know, it's it's nice for them to come out and, and support those efforts. Um, but the biggest thing is probably just continuing to listen and to pass it on to another generation so that, you know, maybe there'd be a whole new generation of, of LFO fans. That'd be beautiful. That's a good idea. Um, when you guys were first getting started out there and on the road, you had the opportunity to open for Britney Spears. Is that correct? Tour with Britney? Yeah, we sure did. What was that like? Well, you're playing arenas, so that's always fun, you know, with uh, fifteen to twenty thousand people a night. Um, we we knew a lot of people in Britney's crew, so it was kind of like uh, kind of like family. And Britney was she was great. I mean, she, you know, obviously um, what you read about her these days or see is a lot different than what it was in 1999 but she was just a, a kind of a normal girl, sweet, um, really talented, um, put on an extraordinary show, worked really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and, and it was great. It was a great time. Some really great memories from, from touring with, with her and, and, and her peeps. Um, when you guys were making uh, music videos, your singles were charting, what was your favorite music video to create? Summer Girls. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Looking back, I'm so thankful that we went with uh, the director we went with, Marcus Rayboy. Mm. His concept was pretty simple, but I felt like it was just, a, it's a timeless video. Like it could be today, you know what I mean? Mm. It's the, you know, the, from the clothes we were wearing to the locations. And it just, it just really, um, epitomized what that song was about you know just it was just a perfect 
I thought it was a perfect video for that song. And the experience of recording it uh, was a lot of fun. Um, and it's a great memory, really. It's uh, like, like you said, we were blessed to have had the chance to make some really extraordinary memories together. And I'll always be thankful for that because when at the end of the day, um, I think really what it comes down to is, is relationships and, and experiences yeah. because, the, you know, the money runs out or, and it won't buy you happiness, you know? Um, but the things that last forever are, are these relationships that were forged from LFO, whether it's Mike Caputo, who was like our road manager, tour manager, assistant, security, best friend, fourth member, you know, who still travels with me now, or, 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 you know, or Devin, who, um, you know, might turn out to be my best friend, you know, and um, people from the record label that we still keep in touch with, or, you know, Rich's parents, Rich's brother, you know, like we just have all these relationships that were forged um, because of LFO. And so to me, that's, that's one of the greater legacies of it. And one of the things that the story itself is a tragedy, right? When you, when you dig down to it, and when you and you know the story that people don't know is 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 is, is tragic as well. So the whole thing is a tragedy. Um, so you get to the point where you say, well, what do you do? You know, do you do you bury this tragedy? You know, or do you try to create some good out of a really sad story? And so that's what I decided to do was was try to. Um, to bring some joy into what is a very sad story. And um, and I've been I've been really fortunate, really blessed. Like I said, the fans have just been so supportive of those kind of efforts. And a lot of people have, have worked really hard to to help make that happen. And um, I'll continue to honor those boys on the road for as long as people will will have me. And the families of Rich and Devin as well, are they you you're luckily still have those relationships and how do they feel about everything that's happening now um you know i know when, when devin and i reunited in 2017 and brought lfo back on the road i know it was it was tough for for rich's mom um not because she didn't want us to but just because she missed rich so much you know yeah. and she um she actually called me I had, I had I, on the tour, I drove the bus. I had to drive to Indiana to pick up the bus. And I was driving back to Florida and uh, the phone rang and it was her. And, and she just said, hey, Brad. I'm like, yeah, it's Doris Cronin. I said, hey, Mrs. Cronin. No, no, call me Doris, okay? Hey, Doris. And she just cried. She said, I just want you to know I love you. It's really hard for me. I miss Richie so much, but I love you. And, and that was like, it was like, I had spent a lot of time on my knees in prayer for, for 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 his family to sort of realize that you know Rich, Devin and I weren't going out there acting like we didn't need him. We were going out there because people wanted they they wanted LFO and and we wanted to honor Rich and we and we did. Now, never in my wildest dreams that I imagined that that Devin, who was like the strongest, fittest, most healthy, stress free dude you ever meet, a month after the tour would be diagnosed with cancer and be dead a year later. And um, you know his family. Uh, I'm close with his his dad, his mom, and his brothers. And you know we we do we try to do things 
for the families. Like when the, when Devin was diagnosed in seventeen, um, he spent Christmas in the hospital, and I had the fans basically make Christmas happen for his family because he had, they had five kids, mm-hmm. and so uh, we created an Amazon wish list, and, and the fans would order gifts and then they'd come here and then people at church would help wrap them and then we brought Christmas to the hospital. It was like two o'clock in the morning after midnight mass and and I dressed up as Buddy the Elf and Floyd the drummer dressed up as Santa. We rolled through the ICU with like luggage carts full of gifts and bikes and we hung stockings from bungee cords and mm-hmm. and they had, they had Christmas in the hospital room and then the next year he was gone but we did it again. And the next wow. year we did it again. And then last year we did it again. And this past year we did something for, for Rich's mom, Devin's mom, and Devin's fiance called uh, we called it Christmas Roses. And mm-hmm. so we had fans support a rose. You could buy it, you could support a rose for three dollars. And we wound up sending each of them three hundred, no, each of them a hundred roses. So so for Christmas, Rich's mom, Devin's mom, and Devin Sianza each got a huge bouquet of of 100 red roses with a little note with all the fans who supported it um, listed in the note. And so, you know, we we try to honor the the people behind Rich and Devin too, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's very important to me that his fam, their families know that everything I'm doing is, is in honor of them. And that um, I don't, I don't really want to do it. You know, like I enjoy it, but I'd rather they were here, yeah. you know, um, and really just, you know, I, I, because Devin lived with me for a while and, and, and his death is so new and we lived in the same town and we worked out together, it, it, it kind of hits you in a different way. So like every night when I'm at the gym, I'm like remembering him being there, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the family must really, really appreciate all the things that you've been doing and the fans as well. It's very special for them. And I'm glad that you do that. And I'm really sorry for everything that you've you've gone through and lost. So we love you guys and we want to make sure that we keep that legacy alive as well. So thank, thank you for you. everything thank you, you so do. Much. Thank you. Yeah. You know, when you think about back to the music you guys made together, and obviously there's the singles that everyone knows. What are some of the tracks that you recorded that you wish had been singles, like a deep cut or album track that you really thought the world of? You know, the first album had Summer Girls and Girl on TV. The next single should have been West Side Story because that that was just the elephant sound. It was a hit song. It was just the perfect follow-up. But the label was still trying to market us as a boy band and thought we needed the big boy band ballad, but that just wasn't us. Yeah, so 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 they released um, I Don't Wanna Kiss You Goodnight as the third single. And it just didn't connect the same way that our other songs did. And it kind of spelled the end of the first album cycle. Story. She's the only one for me. She's the only 
anything wrong with ya great choice for the first single looking back and seeing what songs people gravitate towards today i think elena would have been the great the great second single and uh, i'm finding more and more that that's really a favorite song of of musicians and of kids especially like younger kids like mm-hmm. my kids really really like that song so i think that was kind of a hidden gem on that record um yeah listeners i love you and i thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years we have what's called patreon for those who want to support the show financially for as little as one dollar a month you can become a subscriber and get bonus content early podcast release all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff and more there's different tiers of membership starting at only one dollar a month and we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run so please join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia.
Hey, what's up? It's DJ AK, the Amanda Knight from No More Games Radio. And you are listening to my favorite girl, Naomi and the Dope Nostalgia Podcast. What are you doing, Sam? You are getting sleepy. What? You will now call Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Kraft Cheese and Macaroni. Because it's the cheesiest. Yeah. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Dinner has more cheese than anyone else. That's why it's the cheesiest. You don't hand over your cheese macaroni. I was this close. Kraft Cheese and Macaroni, the cheesiest. guys feel about the whole marketing of the boy band thing so you're you're getting appearances in like the teen magazines like bop tiger beat teen beat all of that was that something that you guys love to do or was it kind of like i don't know about this we love doing all the press but back then we didn't like the term boy band because back then it had a negative connotation Mm -hmm. these days i welcome it because it gives me the opportunity to be included with New kids backstreet and then sink in 98 motown and you know mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm, I, I think it's great now um but back then because it had a negative connotation these days people know wow from the boy band spawned some really talented people right justin timberlake and, and donnie Wahlberg is an actor and you know rich is a songwriter and mm-hmm. the guys from the, you know backstreet boys everybody's you know, Jeff Timmons and Nick Lashek, all these guys have done other things, you know, mm-hmm. and really talented guys. And the old town guys, when I listen to that sound check, I'm just like, gosh, these dudes can really sing. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like, <laughs> holy cow. Yeah. So, so, um, so I don't think there's any question about the talent of the boy bands now. And so I think we all, we all enjoy the, the term these days. Exactly. And it gives you a chance to uh, be creative and have fun. A lot of people don't recognize the talent sometimes just because of the word boy band. So I understand that. Um, what else do you enjoy doing besides music? That's a good question. Something, you know, that's something I kind of reflect on a lot these days. Like if I had nothing to do, what would I do? You know, hmm. a lot of times I'm just like, well, I like to take a nap. You know, that would be something I'd like to do. You know, that's one of my favorite things. Um, but, you know, aside from, like, spending time with my, my family and the kids and wifey, um, I love sports, you know, so I can watch football all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and baseball is probably my favorite. And so when the baseball season hopefully starts back up again, you know, I like to listen to those games on the radio. And, um, I like I like to bowl, although I get frustrated when I bowl, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
like yeah, I just like being I like being outdoors. I like watching old TV shows, you know. Um, but these days, you know, with uh, with doing church work and LFO work and labor work and and having six and five kids with one on the way, and there's not a whole lot of time for like, uh, oh, what am I going to do today? You know, that's that's the challenge, right? When you have a big family or you have a lot of responsibilities, is trying to stay ahead of it and being proactive. Because when you, when you when you enter that reactive mode, it doesn't feel good. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like you're being almost being controlled by your your, hap- your what's happening in your life, as opposed to being okay. Well, here's my plan for the day. Just now, with five kids, it's not always going to go as planned, but at least you know you sort of have a grasp on, on what the plan is. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. tell me about the church work i'm really interested in that yeah you know um i do a lot of church work these days um it started with just music reluctantly um and it's just grown to to a lot of different responsibilities um and you know it's uh for me you know I think faith's important for everybody. Um, I understand the journey. Some people, um, have, it takes more time to sort of find their footing, and some people um, are sort of on their journey from day one, and some people don't believe at all. And I've been in every, I've been in all those circumstances, so I, I can relate to how people feel. For me, based on what I experienced my life you know i believe that god is real and and so i i love hearing about people seeking god you know mm-hmm. and um, as a christian i try to see christ in everybody and and so that's been really helpful in my in ministry you know being able to um being able to work with people who are maybe uh, considered you know not the most desirable people to have to work with you know to help people who are homeless or poor or destitute. And I really do believe that, you know, when, when I'm when I'm judged, you know, God's gonna say, Well, when I was hungry, did you give me food? When I was thirsty, did you give me a drink? When I was naked, did you clothe me? Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be like, well, when did I see you naked? When were you hungry? Yeah, I, I want to be say, yes, I, I think I did. I, I I feel like the the faces of all these people that you've experienced in your life are just gonna like snap before you it's like, wow that was you that was you that was you that was you you know yeah and so um it's been a great blessing to have the opportunity to do church work and like i said i do the music every sunday and you know i am involved with a lot of different things with, with the church work and and um i enjoy the experience of um, helping people that are really in, in a tough way you know homeless or out of work or you know single mom with five kids who's in an abusive relationship who is desperate for something you know i I enjoy being able to help people in in hard times or um you know funerals it's like it's unfortunate it's like an unfortunate honor i call it you know helping people in these kind of difficult times but um god's given me the opportunity to to be involved with some some really hard things that i think when I'm when I'm doing well in my mind, I'm able to really appreciate my the, the grace and blessings I've received because I I can I know how hard it can be. I've, I've 
I've been with people as they bury their children and I've, I've, I've witnessed some really humbling uh, things in, in the church work. Mm-hmm. And then there's the simple things like people, you know, coming up to you after mass, like in tears because the music was so beautiful, you know? So oh. I just, uh, I'm just so glad I said yes, you know, and you know, when, when, you, when you say yes to God in any capacity, great things can happen, you know? And so I try to encourage anybody to, you know, who's involved with the church, offer your time and talent in some degree, mm-hmm. you know? And it could just be as simple as, you know, folding paper, you know, whatever it might be. When you offer your time and talent, it, you know, it comes back to you a hundredfold. So, um, so for me, my, the church work and my, and my journey has been really important. But again, I'm not the person who's saying, this is what you must do. Like, no. No. I, I want I hope people see God and, and I hope to be somebody who can help encourage people to do that because I've been on the opposite end of the spectrum. I've been I've, I stopped believing for a while, you know And so um, I, I I feel like by returning to God, you know he, he saved me and I, and I believe he's always standing like this for all of us mm-hmm. waiting, patiently waiting. And, and if this is his path, sometimes we go like this, 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 round circles. And eventually when we find the path and we straddle it, you know, life is better than, than it is without God. So, um, but I really am cognizant of the fact that everybody's journey is different and, and not everybody's ready to hear the way you speak to somebody who's had their faith for 20 years and the way you speak to somebody who's never even heard of Jesus Christ, two different ways, right? You, yeah. you, have, you have to be able to talk to them. And I, I just, listen, I, I have friends that aren't Christians for sure. I'm just happy when anybody seeks God. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it's when, because when, when you become your highest power, that's when trouble ensues, you know? So, yep. so yeah, that's a little probably a whole other podcast to be honest with you (laughs) no actually i'm glad you said that i think the most important thing you can do to um show god's love is live it yourself you know what i mean it doesn't a lot of people will put up a wall as soon as you come at them with with the gospel right so if you're talking to them and and just like they're you're they're your friend you're being christ-like you're showing them how to live the example i think that's the most intense enticing way you can witness to god you're for exactly other people right. you're exactly right you you evan- you can evangelize just by the way you treat somebody mm-hmm. and that's that's also part of my goal with, with you know doing these shows is i get a chance to evangelize the secular world no it's, it's not the same as like when we did the tour in 2017 i did a whole witness and i played a christian song in the middle of the show that, nice. that's that and I wore, I wore a t-shirt that I made that said, let the dead bury the dead. And people said, well, what does that mean? I got a chance to explain to them you know, that came from scripture, you know? And, and so um, these days, you know, I still get a chance to do a moment of silence. And, and I, you know, and I tell people, God bless you. God loves you. But also backstage, the way you treat people, it, it's a way to evangelize just by being kind hearted. And like mm-hmm. you kind of said about, there's a song that says, and they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love and you'll know we are christians by our love and so you're right just the way we act you know is uh is, is a way to show that you know we're faith-filled and, and a good person and and trying like you said try to be christ-like and people see you and they'll say 
I like how that person lives or why are, mm-hmm. why are they, why are they showing such joy? I want that same joy, you know, then it's probably the best way to approach somebody. Yeah. yeah there's, 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 there's great stories of, of, of people having their heart turned just by seeing love on a person's face, you know? Yeah. Whether it's a, a murderer or an abortion doctor or an atheistic communist politician, I've, I've heard these stories of people's hearts just being changed because they see, they, they look at someone's face and go, I want that, you know? Mm. And then when you mentioned um, when people have come to you in church, they were moved by the music. Oh my goodness. I can, I can have a good time at church listening to my pastor. He's amazing. And as soon as like there's worship music beginning end end of service tears, (laughs) I'm just like, it's so emotional, right? Like you can't music just does that. Oh yeah. We always, before, before we play, we always pray to, Obviously, that we can play and sing to the best of our ability, and always being aware how music affects people in a very special, deep, and personal way. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and there's times where it affects me. You know, I'm sitting there directing everybody, and we got a big band, a big choir, and then there's times where I'm like, wow, this is just amazing. You know, mm-hmm. this weekend we're doing a new song I'm excited about, so I'm looking forward to that. Are you writing songs for church? Yeah, I have in the past. I haven't. I haven't recently, but I definitely. I definitely did in the past. Yeah. Nice. Um, any collaborations you're thinking that you'd like to make in the future? Um, you know, that's that's a good question. I mean, like, um, I, I don't. I don't have anything planned at this moment. You know, mm. I've, I've gotten I've gotten pretty close with Mark from Sugar Ray and I thought it'd be fun to do a song with him one of these days you know um yeah. Jeff Jeff Timmons from 98 um one day I'd, love, I'd like to collaborate with Kanye West I really I don't know if you've ever heard any of the Christian stuff he's done but yeah it's King album. yeah it's pretty extraordinary yeah so I'll be honest I wasn't a fan of his back in the day Devin was a big fan but I wasn't you know I was like you know he, he was always causing drama at award shows and stuff like that and i was like i'm not into it yeah but i i like where he's at now i like his christian music and i like the fact that he he speaks his mind without being fearful you know um but um yeah no 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 current plans for collabs but i think it'd be fun to do something with mark and maybe something with uh jeff for sure have you ever considered starting your own podcast you know, I, I, I pitched uh, the New York Mets on doing a Mets podcast at one point in time, um, uh-huh. but I, you know, it was kind of through a contact, through a contact, so I don't even know if it got to the people who make the decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, the guy who used to do the Daily Mets podcast, um, he came back doing a podcast again, so they don't need me anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um other than that, no, I haven't, besides doing like a, a Mets podcast, I, I thought about a couple of like maybe Christian-based podcasts, but mm. you know what, the, the, the podcast arena is pretty full. Um, it's true. And I don't, I don't know that there's something that I can bring to the table that would be so much better or different. You know, there's, I think there's already people doing really good podcasts. Um, so I'm not sure that I could 
really add something um, that's not already there, if it makes sense, you know? I understand that. I think the only point in doing a podcast is if you feel rewarded by it at this point, because there's just so much out there to choose from. If it's something that gives you like, like gratification at the end of the day, or gives you a chance to speak to people that, you know, really want to hear what you're going to say. And then it's really rewarding in that manner, but you're right. There are, there are thousands and thousands of them. That's a lot of hard work. I mean, I I was looking at your, uh, your podcast on Spotify and the, all the different guests that you have the book. I mean, mm. and then when guests don't show up for their interviews, like someone we know. <laughs> it's it's definitely, it's a passion or I wouldn't be doing it. Like just no, having cool. conversations yeah. like we're having, you know, it's really nice to do. Yeah, no, I, you know, so I can, um, I can tell you're, you know, you're very, pro you know what you're doing and um um so and you do you know you do a good interview it's not like you're you're prepared and, and you're you're a professional so I'm, I'm glad that it's uh you're doing something that you love and that you're good at thanks and you know i know you guys get to hear a lot of the same questions over and over i don't like to ask those questions if possible you know if it's something that i could just google about you why would i ask you that in a, in an interview well yeah, although what you read isn't always true either. So, mm, um, good point. But but I I've, I learned a long time ago. I don't even care about. I don't I don't try to like uh, correct things on Wikipedia or I I just I just I just don't care. I mean, like mm. if people want to really know the story, then they can. There's enough interviews like this that I've done where they can read it or listen to it and go, okay, that's what happened here or there. Um, otherwise I don't mess with it I don't really mess with the social media too much I've got somebody who helps me with that um, and so uh, yeah but it's been it's cool man it's, it's man it's cool I mean it's uh, you know like you said when you're asking questions that aren't the usual stuff it helps the conversation to flow you know as mm-hmm. opposed to like Oh my gosh! I'm really gonna go back here and answer this question, that question. That's like <laughs> the same thing over yeah. and over. Like, yeah. how'd you get the band name? Oh, geez, <laughs> things like that. But um, yeah, no, this uh, podcasting thing gives you an opportunity to say your truth, which is nice. You know, that way it doesn't get twisted. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, how have you taken care of your voice over the years, too? Do you have any special uh, like things you have to drink or how, how do no, you do that? You know, I, I, I'm not like uh, like Devin or Jacob or JC or AJ. Like I'm not one of those guys who like blows you away with some crazy singing ability, you know? Um, but what I have, you know, so I don't have like some really weird routine that, that, makes, that makes me sound great. Um, but what I, when I'm preparing for a show, you know, I try to sing a lot and, and, and rap a lot. And so, you know, I've got like a a playlist that I use, like a Spotify playlist that I use that, uh, that I practice, like I'm driving in the car, taking my, my oldest daughter goes to school kind of far. So when I drop her off and then on the way home, I just, you know, I just sing, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and before the shows, you know, I'll, I'll sing just to get 
Yeah. Like to sing your best, to be your best, you got to make sure you get out whatever's in here and behind your nose, everything out. So it's just clear. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, there's a guy here in, in, in my town owns a pharmacy. He's about 75 years old. His name is Larry. And he's a, he has a gospel group that he sings with. And um, so he gave me a little, like a little routine to do with uh, the stuff that like cleans out your nasal passages you know, an hour before the show and then a half an hour, use some of this and spray it in your nose and then 15 minutes before, spray this, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I when I have the chance, I, I, I use that routine. And then just simple warm-ups, getting your, getting your tongue warmed up and, and trying to clear out any junk in your, in your throat. Um, but I don't have like a, a routine that's like set in stone, you know? But yeah. the big thing is just getting warmed up, sing, sing and rap, sing and rap, sing and rap. Um, all day long uh, and then you really feel your strongest you know keep it warm ready to go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um what are some upcoming goals that you have uh, uh obviously we have the shows next weekend but uh what, what do you see in the future for 2022 um continue to to uh play these shows with the pop 2000 lineup mm-hmm. i also have a, a show that i put together called the lfo story which i did a live stream version of it last year and it basically tells the story from 1974 when rich was born until today mm-hmm. and i used music of the time music that influenced us our own music and personal stories um so we, we, we put that together and I'd, I'd like the opportunity to play that as well. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult because to do it the way I really like to do it is really expensive because I got a full band and, mm. and AV and everything else. So I'm working on a sort of scaled down version of it that um, you could do like in a smaller place where maybe you have like 100 or 200 people sitting at tables, you know, and the stage is oh, small nice. and you're close, you know, you're close with them. And, and it's really like a, it's like a story, it's like storytelling with, with music too, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping to, to uh, refine that a little bit and, and play some shows with that too. It might, that, that may not happen until the end of the year or the beginning of next. Mm-hmm. But my, my main, my, you know, my main thing with shows is, is going out there with the old town guys and Ryan Cabrera and, and Chris from Insane and Mark from Sugar Ray mm-hmm. and, uh, those shows it must be a fun time when you guys get together hey having mark and chris in the room is kind of like having rich back you know rich mm-hmm. had a great personality he was really funny and um mark and chris are the same way just really really fun to be around um and just hilarious you know yeah i don't know what the logistics are like for your tour but it would be really nice to to have some canadian shows come up and visit us <laughs> Okay. Have you been up here before? Yeah. What, what, what city are you in? I'm in Edmonton, so west. Okay. Just above Calgary. Okay. Yeah, we, um, you know, we, we played Toronto, obviously, and then um, we did do a few dates, I think maybe up in your area. Is it, are, you, are you sort of like above like Montana, that area? Yeah. 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 We're just uh, east of the Rockies and above Montana. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we did a few shows over there. Um, 
hopefully when you know the covid settles and the border stuff is easier hopefully we can we can make our way up to at least to toronto but i'd prefer mm. to also be able to go like you said in calgary or edmonton that would be awesome and if you've been um, to vancouver you it's no. a beautiful city i hope I you get to go pictures. out there i've seen pictures yeah it's a place hopefully you get to visit one day very nice thank you but I thank you again for spending this time with me. It was really, really nice to connect. And especially like talking about connections with, with Christ too. I think that's really important. So thank you for sharing that with me. And I'll make sure that I pray for you guys and pray for you on the road and pray for the families. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, maybe uh, sometime in the future we can, uh, we can do a whole episode about reversions and conversions, you know? Yeah, I'd be down for that. That would be nice. We'll keep in touch. All right. Okay. Thanks enjoy the rest. Time. You too. And enjoy the rest of your day. All right. God bless. Peace. You too. Hey, kids, put down that Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at NostalgiaDope, Instagram at Dope underscore Nostalgia. Visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.